The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And despite our best efforts, last week we were truly obsessed talking about Suspiria from 2018, and today we will try and channel that casual obsession uh, for Jordan Peele's Us. This is part two of our Dance of Another series and I think just what a perfect pairing for these two movies. I love this pairing. It's yeah. a little bit cheeky. It's based in concept, and it's not quite literal, but it is also literal. I'm very much enjoying our pairing. Right. One movie, you're dancing the dance of another, and you're making yourself in the image of its creator, which is just a great poetic statement about art and dance and sort of a thesis for remaking a movie in general and then us is a movie about doppelgangers that are controlled by one set that like roams the earth as free-willed individuals and another group referred to in this film as the tethered there's also two really impactful scenes uh one from each film dance actually works yeah of dance with somebody being tethered to somebody else below, right. and it's an entirely different experience for the person underneath. I'm talking about the dance in Suspiria where Olga is getting like deconstructed as a human being, <laughs> and the climax in Us where Addie is dancing and Red is learning that she actually likes to dance, I think, but it's also not as aesthetically beautiful a dance. <laughs> That's a that's a key scene that I, I definitely want to talk a lot more about. But as always, here are three good things about us. Number one, I'm going to go with um, the soundtrack slash score. I think this movie has one of the best soundscapes in horror cinema of all time. It would be on my top ten list. The remix, the I Got Five On It remix that mm-hmm. plays during the climax sequence is so fucking good. I just listen to it all the time on Spotify. I know. He's going to be chasing it his entire career, right? Michael Abels, the the guy who did the remix, does most of the work with, or most of the music for Jordan Peele. Did that cool, funky, spooky remix for, of Corey Hart's uh, Sunglasses at Night for Nope. Oh, that's good, too. Pales in comparison. Oh, it's so good. And also, too, just characters dying to the Beach Boys is like something horror movie bucket list (laughs) I didn't even know I had on my bucket list. It's pretty great. Yeah. Okay, well, then that kind of leads me into my... My number two good thing, the, what, was, what do they refer to it as? The seven second home invasion. An entire family slaughtered. It's so fast. In less than 10 seconds, all set to good vibrations. Love it. And the number three, I'm going to go with uh, Winston Duke as Gabe. Okay. He is my favorite thing about this movie. I love him so much. I love him trying to get action in the bedroom. I love him sad he can't go to the beach. Yeah. I love him getting his boat. I love him trying to fend off Crawdaddy. home invaders. <laughs> yeah. I love him trying to fend off home invaders. Right, when he gets like a little tough, he's like, we're going to get crazy. But like, meanwhile, if you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. He's <laughs> such a nerdy dad. Uh, who's just trying to act tough 
like I love him so the much. He's such a big kid, and he is. He provides such good humor to this, and yes. and he really makes the family feel like such a a believable four. They're in the car interactions are so genuine and believable, and he is just like the rock of this family, and I love him. Yeah, he's incredible, and like obviously Lupita Nyong'o, in- amazing in this movie. Like, I know, it's just, she's fantastic. Everybody's playing dual roles. No, nobody playing a dual role more challenging than what she's doing here. She's incredible. But Winston Duke. <laughs> 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 Fucking MVP. I love when he's trying to negotiate with the tethers, the tethered when they when they break first break into the house. He's like, oh, you you can you can take the cash in my wallet. We'll go to the ATM. You can have the boat. <laughs> and the entire family's like, no one wants the boat, Dad. <laughs> Also, too, you're confronting doppelgangers of yourselves. Like, there's something supernatural here happening. Yeah. They definitely don't want your fucking money. They don't want your stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they don't want your money. This is not about money. Yeah. So those are three good things. Three things we're always excited to talk about when it comes to Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, We're going to toss the trailer when we get back. We're going to get in. We're going to get into our full breakdown of this movie, including a late stage theory that I found on the Internet about the end of this movie that I can't wait to hear what you think about. Oh, shit. That's a classic right there. What does I got five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. <laughs> you hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? 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 Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. is currently sitting at a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. With, most importantly, an audience score of 60%. Oh, wow. A little more reflective of that IMDb score. And uh, on Letterboxd, it's currently sitting at a 3.7 out of 5. Yeah, I remember this one getting, like, slightly lukewarm reviews when it came out. Oh, I don't. Uh, I mean, like, I just mean in general from, like, reception. Okay, uh, so you, I'm not you don't necessarily, mean critics. Yeah, I'm not nece- necessarily talking critically. Critics um, were nuts about it. But I just remember the audience being like, meh, it's not as good as Get Out. And and you know what? Like, I'll agree with that. Get Out was just, like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And maybe people came into it with expectations too high because I also think that Nope, his third follow-up, I think people had set their expectations better and I think that one was received a little bit more well. But I still really like Us. Oh, yeah, and good. I enjoyed it the first time we saw it. I still enjoy it now. I think it's highly watchable, partly because I love the soundtrack so much. Sure. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy this movie. I think that Us and Nope 
both suffer from the same problem in that it's trying to maybe say too much or it's trying to have too many themes, but highly watchable. Honestly, just like you, you said, know, like you, really fun. You know where, where I think that's coming from, though, that feeling is that his debut feature shot off like a rocket. It got yeah. nominated for Oscars. They put him on the stove and they were like, cook us more movies. So I, I think that's kind of where any flaws I see in us are just because it... He thinks that he needs to make no, it have more themes? No, I think it themes? just came... It, it was probably just written and thrown into development too fast. Like, there's there's some logic issues I have with the movie, but I honestly, I think it's just because of a speed thing. Okay. And that's, that's my theory. I have no idea if he had, like, pre-written it or whatever, but, like... If the development process is shorter, you don't necessarily have as many eyes being critical of all of the the little nuts and bolts that make the structure of your story. And he's he's shooting big with with all of his movies, and especially in this one, he's trying to make iconic villain characters. So he's thinking about their outfit, their weapon of choice, <laughs> yeah. their lair. Uh-huh. He's really shooting big with brand new lore for this universe. I just think it was it was a fast turnaround. I'm I'm okay. assuming. I do love that each of his movies kind of have like one little image or item that defines everything oh like, i love that i oh, yeah. i love that like it, get out you have the teacup and the spoon yeah. this you have rabbit and scissors I don't, you don't even need the rabbit just scissors rabbit and scissors <laughs> and, and nope you have a shoe that's just balancing in a way that it shouldn't or a kite or a kite, yeah. I mean, wh- 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 where else do you want to go with this? <laughs> the, or, or pony. A, or a <laughs> scorpion king sweater. Or Stephen Yen. <laughs> or a quarter. <laughs> I don't. I. I feel like I came out of the gate saying like, "Here's the problem with us," but like, it is a really fucking good movie, and the horror sequences are dynamite. I remember him saying that he was. I don't know that he was upset with, but like, there was a lot of. There was a lot of pushback from people who just didn't want to admit that they liked a horror movie when Get Out came out. Because there was... Oh, the thriller horror movie. Oh, you remember like the six, Uh, eight month conversation? Like, I don't know. I think it's more of a thriller than a horror movie. Bitch, they're body snatching. Just because you don't like horror movies doesn't mean you didn't like this one horror movie. (laughs) Fucking get over it. You know? Stop calling it a thriller. Uh, But it does fit my criteria that you sleep with the murderer. Before you get attempted murdered, that's that that's the theme. Get for, out! No, no, just thrillers. I was like, what happens in us? <laughs> Th- thrillers and and horror movies, and maybe it's just because horror movies often skew towards supernatural stuff. But usually, it's like a thriller is like you meet somebody, you sleep with them, and then you find out that they're evil. Yeah, but by that theory, then spoiler alert from 1996, Scream is a thriller. I know, but that's what makes Scream so transcendent. Yeah, but Scream <laughs> is also kind of like a whodunit, so and it's I, breaking it, the rules of what a horror movie is supposed to do because in a horror movie, uh, you shouldn't sleep with the killer uh, before the end of the movie. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> Us, through and through, is a horror movie from the get-go. Like, all the elements, uh, all of the scare sequences are purely there to terrify you, and it hinges on some incredible performances, because that's, I think that's the true horror of Us, right, is the doppelganger performances from every actor on screen, especially Lupita Nyong'o, who's just delivering monologues that are haunting. She's, like, so pained, but, like, zany. It's it's a weird, conflicting feeling, because you're just, like, the adrenaline she's running on, but also her story is so sad. Like, it's it's a really conflicting... Every time you see Red, it's it's conflicting emotions. Yeah, so the whole family is at Santa Cruz, near Santa Cruz, near the Santa Cruz boardwalk, uh, at visiting the family cottage. They're on a little vacation, and at some point, they get home invaded by a group of people wearing red jumpsuits that look identical to them. Yeah, and, and well, you're missing the beginning, is that... I wasn't sure if we wanted to talk about the cold open now or later. The, well, I mean, it's kind of the crux of the movie, is that this is Addie's childhood summer home, mm-hmm. and when she was young, like, quite young, seven or six, I don't know, uh, I don't know, child ages, like, yeah. I could, I, I don't know, she was smaller than a thriller large. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, 
she wanders off. She gets lost for 15 minutes. She goes into um, one of those like dark house. It looks like it's a it's a haunted house, but refitted to look like it's it's you know, a vision quest for Kim. peace and calm. But there are jump scare owls in there. It's a mirror maze. They're terrifying. I'm well in there. She discovers a doppelganger of herself, and it's ah, such a so beautiful, horrifying image. It's it's fucking gorgeous. This is this is why I was curious whether or not you wanted to talk about it now or later because we don't see that doppelganger in the cold open. Like crucially, in the cold open of the movie, she gets lost. In the mirror maze, she sort of like backs up to a mirror against the wall. But when she turns around, her reflection doesn't move. She has a horrified look on her face. And then we cut to like 25, 30 years later. Yeah, but her reflection is staring the wrong way. I know. Maybe I maybe I forgot to mention that. So, but all I'm saying is like we don't get the full scene there. We're not supposed to know okay. everything that all happened. Right. That comes. Which but- I think the entire audience was ahead of this whole movie. Maybe it's just well, and that's of just the in trail. the marketing. Like you know yeah. that it's a doppelganger movie. Yeah, uh, we've seen the red suits by this point. We even uh-huh. know about the scissors. We, yeah. Like we know everything up to the home. We're all jazzed to see this fucking movie. Yeah, and we've seen enough movies to know that she done got attacked by her doppelganger when she was a child. Mm-hmm. That's a reveal that comes in literally the final moments of the movie, where they f- they really well, nail no, down. what actually happens down there is in the final movie. But we know that she. Met her doppelganger. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're not okay. All I'm, right, that's, that's I wasn't. That's a little different. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Spoiler alert. <laughs> In the final moments of the movie, we learn that uh, that Adelaide is attacked by her doppelganger and then dragged down into the bowels of the doppelganger lair, the tethered lair, and left there. The doppelganger then takes her place up in the real world. Essentially swapping spots. Yeah, so Adelaide is red and red is Adelaide. Yeah, she strangles this girl to, to until she's unconscious, le- abandons her downstairs, they swap shirts, she goes back up and she pretends to be uh, her alternate self. Her parents, because she can't talk, uh, her parents think that she's witnessed something traumatic, kinda, uh, (laughs) and is just like slowly becomes a real human being up there, but leaves red with permanently wounded, like her, her vocal cords are strained. So when she talks, she talks like this. Oh, that was a really good That actually wasn't bad. I didn't, I didn't prep that. (laughs) Came out okay. And, and now that the family is back in town, she still has this weird feeling about this about everything. She's scared for her kids because of this like haunting memory she has, this lingering trauma from her childhood. And it all comes to a head when these really creepy people wearing red jumpsuits start you, appearing everywhere, murdering people in the streets. So this was a question I was going to say for the end of the episode, but since we've already talked about the end of the movie, uh-huh. do you think she's aware at the beginning of the film who she is? Or do you think it's something that comes in that final drive? Like, when it's revealed to us, the audience, is it a memory that kind of, like, awakens in her? I don't know. Because uh, she smiles like she knows who she is. <laughs> it's a 50-50 thing. Like, either... Because she's very... She doesn't want to go to the boardwalk. She's... Even being she's, at the cottage, yeah. she's just like, I don't know. This is... We all gotta keep our... Uh, we gotta keep our head on a swivel. Like, we gotta keep our eyes in the back of our heads here. Yeah, I definitely think she feels like she has memory of trauma from this incident. Yeah. But do you think maybe she's displaced through all the therapy she had after when she came back that... She's erased the switch and believes that she was the one that walked into this this incident and saw her doppelganger because she tells her husband, I saw a doppelganger of myself and it really traumatized right? That's me. That's exactly the thing. Like she, she remembers that much. She rem- I, I think she knows who she is, but maybe it's been long enough that like she's forgotten. Maybe that's all it is. It's not that she's like intentionally Because this forgotten. movie becomes very... So I haven't watched this with the, the like mind theory that she's no she knows all along oh really because that makes for a sinister watch okay if she knows who she is the entire time and uh, she knows like about all these below people because she's left them yeah and she's like ah fuck they're rising up i don't think that's good (laughs) i I don't know because because she's so scared of the boardwalk and for her family i just think that i think she knows so this is maybe a point. I don't know. This is maybe this is maybe a point to just like lay out 
who the tethered are, which for the for the five people who don't know, <laughs> you, you know, uh, there are a whole bunch of people living underground. You know, this I is- love how underexplained it is because okay. they no, just that they have like it's not just they're living in the sewers like they have a scientific bunker down there. Yeah, it's pristine. Uh-huh. It's white. It looks like an abandoned mall. They have. Yeah, they got they've got classrooms. They've got bunk beds bunk beds and yeah it's like an army handcuffs. bunker and they have food they have rabbits in cages <laughs> yeah okay so this is this is one of my favorite things this is just like fargo in the 90s where they're just like this is all based on a true story only the names have been changed to protect the living yada yada but out of respect of the dead everything else has been told as it is that's a fucking lie like truly fargo's not based on any sort of reality it's the greatest one of the greatest moments in filmmaking and in the beginning of us we have a not a similar title card but a title card that says there are thousands hundreds of thousands i don't even remember of this. abandoned tunnels under the american uh, under the united states some of it is abandoned subway tunnels some of them have no known use at all <laughs> you know it's like what the fuck are you trying to say i have i haven't bothered to look that up i love believing that it's real in the same way that it's like oh there are some cities in america that are just on fire underground you know what i'm talking about like those abandoned mining towns mm. where there's like a fire in a mine shaft and it's still smoldering I mean, to I this guess, day i guess i just didn't question it so like i didn't even right? make That's a memory of it. I'm like, yeah, of course there's of a course there's shit. That's yeah. it's it is a detail that you would say, oh, of course there are. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I've read that on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, sure. Let's get going. I heard that on a podcast. <laughs> Tell me about the rest of this movie. <laughs> Now bring me the horse. And that's <laughs> yeah, and that's where that's where the tethered live. They live in these underground tunnels, bunkers that nobody knows about. Uh Red and Adelaide access the Santa Cruz one through the mirror maze. Like if you know how to get there, there's like a fire exit that leads to a, a escalator that goes downstairs and there's just Ooh, that's hundreds. another point for her knowing who she is because she navigates her way down there pretty. She does. It's pretty complicated, and I'm just like she's she doing gets a down great there, job. No problem. <laughs> down there they have rabbits, and that's what they eat. They and just electricity. Eat. Somebody's <laughs> paying for this. Okay, well at the end of the mo- when she when she finds her way down there because she's trying to find her son. God damn, I just keep hitting this microphone. She's trying to find her son at the end of the movie because Red has kidnapped her kid, uh, and she confronts her. She gives her the big bad guy monologue. Big cool speech. scare. Ding, 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 ding. this is like one of three monologues that red has sort of explaining who they are where they come from and what their fucking deal is without giving you all of the detail because kim loves how underexplained it is that they were part of a government experiment to create uh, some sort of doppelganger to control it was supposed to be the other way around they were yeah they were supposed to be able to manipulate the the tethered people underground that you don't see to make the public up top do what they want which sounds so like cia nazi stuff and i'm just like yum 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 yeah it's like (laughs) mk ultra in the thousands of miles of underground tunnels that nobody knows did they do everybody (laughs) (laughs) well the, the here's the really cool thing about that is that so let's say they did that in the 70s or the 80s, right? They stopped at some point and the, they everybody was procreating in mirror image yes, naturally. That's the thing. So she has kids that are identical to the kids she has up top. So even though the government pulled the plug, I guess they weren't willing to just machine gun everybody. Which seems I don't like believe a that stretch part. for the government. <laughs> that they wouldn't do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they they just kept multiplying and i guess because they were like well we can't abandon them so we'll just give we'll give them some rabbits the rabbits will breed like rabbits and then they'll just keep eating the rabbits and live we get a couple glimpses when red is dragging adelaide down there as a child that everybody in the underground is just kind of doing like fucked up mirror world versions of everything that's going on. I love it's one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah. Seeing the opening scene again later in like the reversed fucked up version. Yeah. Like is people it, are on roller coasters that are just like they're mimicking being on a roller coaster in a room. Dad is fucking creepy as fuck. And yeah. he's and like he's so nice up up above, but below uh. when he's like He's getting the t-shirt and he's playing whack-a-mole. His posture's all fucked up. Like, the the underground is a mirror image, but it's twisted. Yeah, it's the blurst version. <laughs> it's the cursed version of up top. 
But they have no autonomy. Like the people down, the tethered underground are controlled by the people up top. So if the people up top do stuff, they're puppeteering the tethered down below. And where that gets evil and twisted is when Red's sort of describing what her life is like downstairs. Oh, I, I love that element of it because she's talking, she's telling a, like a twisted fairy tale. Uh-huh. And she's talking about how this little girl fell in love. Um, but then when her shadow met the same version, she had to marry him. And like, whether she wanted yeah, to, yeah, like or not. Gabe, who the little girl married, was like funny and lovely. But Abraham, his, his shadow, was not the same, and so she had no choice there, and they had to have the same kids, and, like, one kid loved fire, and the other one was just evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, oh, man, the worst part about that, too, is where she talks about uh, having to do, like, a cesarean uh, birth, and it's like, oh, the girl had to have surgery to have her second child removed, but the shadow had to do it herself. Uh, it's a good thing that they all have immaculate gold scissors <laughs> on them at all times. When did they smelt the metal down to make those scissors? Did the scientists give them the scissors? Here, we also learn later on that Red is like the leader of the tethered. She's the one that sort of spearheaded the charge to get out from underground and take over the world up top. Mm-hmm. Their ultimate goal is to rise up and to kill their their tethered version of themselves and to, to become take their untethered. Place. Yeah, become untethered. And she's got great marketing skills. She's like, you know what? Branding is really important. I like Michael and Jackson. I was a, well, yeah, like I was a seven-year-old girl, and the last thing I saw before I went down into my nether world was the Hands Across America commercial. Well, it was a Hands Across America commercial, and also Michael Jackson's Thriller. She's like, I want us all wearing red jumpsuits. We got to match, and we need these cool. And we gotta walk scissors. cool. Like <laughs> when I turn around into rooms, I gotta moonwalk into it. Yeah, the way she walks is great. She walks. She walks like a dancer, Kim. She uh, does. She's got real good posture, especially for a tether. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So here's where I have my my biggest like logic issue with the movie. Sure. Is that because they are forced to mirror each other, and it seems like it's not a compulsion. Like it does I don't I don't think it's something that the tethered are able to control. It doesn't seem like it. But how are they able to uprise? Like how are they able to go through the exit, walk to their their up uptown version and murder them? Maybe they were always able to do that. They yeah. just weren't aware. So but, somebody had to tell them that it was possible that you don't you don't actually have to follow what's being done here. Okay, and so here's my my argument to the logic issue that if we are null and voiding it for the uprising, like maybe they woke up and they realized that they oh we're not actually tethered tethered to them, and mm-hmm. now we just we're angry for all of the the time that we spent down below and they were in the sunshine yeah. with opportunity. The two boys. When Pluto dies in the fire, he dies because his earthly counterpart, Jason, walks backward and, and sort he of puppeteers. Mirrors, yeah, and him he into mirrors into the fire. So, like, when are they connected and when are they not? That's the, the only, like, real roadblock in anything in this movie, I think. Is it maybe just because um, he's young? Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah. I think it's just that he's too young and he hasn't necessarily figured anything out yet. Yeah, because, like, essentially, couldn't couldn't Red just start, like, slapping herself? <laughs> well, in the end of the movie, that's, Adelaide, kind of, uh... that's kind of what ends up having to happen. When they're fighting, Adelaide is trying to attack Red... She's just, like, blocking all of her shots. She's always one step ahead of her, and it's because she knows all of her moves, you know? Mm. She has to actually, like, get hurt first to get her close in order to stab her and then choke her out. Mm. That's that's how she ends up winning in the end, is by, like, allowing herself to get hit first, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, I don't know if you're correct. I'm, I I'm too be, busy in the music during I could the be. climax. <laughs> But yeah, like the way that the kid walks backward really for, fucking throws a wrench in all of it for me. I don't know. That's I, the mo- and even but the first he is time the, he's the youngest one. Even so. the first time we saw it in the theater, I was just like, "Well, how does this shit work?" Then <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I threw my popcorn. Uh, I still loved it though. Yeah, I think it's uh, oof. It's like have you ever talked? Do you know anything about people who keep deer? 
like for venison. What? So apparently, I've been told this. I don't know if it's entirely true. Is this going to relate? It could be. I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> oh, God. It could just be a tangent. How much time do you got? No, okay. So, I mean, like, this could just be, just as easily be like there's thousands of miles of tunnels underneath the ground that no one knows about. Who knows? I have been told that deer, they can jump very high. They can clear fences if they need to. But if you're keeping deer on a farm that you've sort of raised. Oh, they don't know how to jump? They don't know how to jump. Is this like the frog in the pot story? I mean, I guess. I don't know if that's true, but if you <laughs> if you boil a frog, apparently he doesn't know how to jump out of it. Yeah, know. that's what they say. I, I don't, don't know think, if that's true. I don't true. think that's entirely true either. <laughs> but yeah, apparently if the deers don't know, they can jump over the fence. Like you don't have to keep a very high fence to pen in deer because they just don't know that okay, they can jump so that's in. Unless not, they see somebody, unless they see a renegade deer jump like, in. That's not a huge them. risk to do with deer, to be like, ha ha, I'm saving on fencing. But say you want to have a lion. <laughs> okay. Where, where are you going with I'm this? I'm just saying, don't skimp on fencing. If it can jump, it can jump. That's my other thing, too. I'm just like, why risk it? Why not just build an extra four to five feet of fence? What do you fucking care? You're not climbing over it to go see the deer. Or let the deer be free. Or let the deer be free. The crucial moment for the tethered in their story is seeing Red dance. She she relays this story. And, like, we know that Adelaide used to be a dancer, and she gave it up at some point. There's even, like, a ballet studio in the basement of the cabin that they're in. Like, there's a giant mirror. It's not a cabin. It's a summer home. It's a massive cottage. Summer homes right. don't have basements, John. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mean, cabins don't have base. Well, I guess cabins do have basements. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're like finding a book of the dead. If you're in the evil dead. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, this is a home. Yeah, no, this is this is truly a summer home. It's got a ballet studio in the basement. But she she says she peaked at 14 is what she says. And I think it's just because she didn't have the balance or coordination that she did when she was younger because she's no longer that version of herself. Oh. The girl up top who got replaced and dragged down into the tethered layer. Had the balance and coordination. Had the balance and coordination and was the real dancer. And here's here's where things get like a little murky. And like, I, I don't know exactly how it works because the roles have been flipped. Like, does she, Adelaide, at, up top, we're calling her Adelaide, but mm-hmm. in, in reality, yeah. she's red. Is her dancing and her, like the dance recital that she's doing forcing the girl downstairs, Red, to dance? Or is Red controlling her above and making her the dancer? Exactly. But, like, as she grows older, at age 14 or so... She gains control. She gains control and decides not to dance anymore. That's a really great concept. I don't know if I've thought that far. And but So we know that she's not as good a dancer as the girl that she's replaced because she hasn't had formal training. Like, we, like we've like we already mentioned, all the tethered in the basement, everything they do is like... And then none of them speak. Red is the only one no, that speaks. they don't talk. Yeah, they they're just like... <laughs> they're great actors, though. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I love when they're yelling across to each other from... Um, from Josh the- slash Tex, he's one of my favorite tethereds, and he's he's doing such a twisted, welcome in, dad mode. Like, oh, he's this, like, this- oh, shucks. Like, his... Body postures are so like obtuse and twisted. This is I love Tim Heidecker, them. yeah, and uh, Elizabeth Moss, right? That family. I want to talk about Elizabeth Moss, but yeah, he's he's so fun. Okay, so the only the last thing that I'll say is that like the dance sequence is crucial for the tethered because they see her perform and they realize that she's different because she has an actual talent. It's like they're in awe seeing her dance because she has this ability that they don't have. It's almost Which like, makes sense if she's in control in that moment. Well, that's I think that's why she becomes the leader because they realize that she's different. She obviously, I would think, starts talking at some point and I think they slowly start to wake up mm. and they slowly start to gain autonomy uh, and that's how she's able to sort of immobilize them into this army of red-suited people who have been planning for years to rise up and take over. Mm. I think it was a slow-moving process, but it was something that had been she'd been working on with them for years until it was something that they were able to do. Well, and also because they are genetic copies, I think there is something about them that is similar, at least in personality as well as looks. Oh, it sure seems like it. Like, I know, <laughs> I know that Tim Heidecker Yeah, character. like, I know they are different people, and, and they've named themselves. They all have different names. But particularly, and I think this is really proven with Elizabeth Moss's character, 
Kitty, who is this like really conceited, you know, like wealthy suburbanite mom. We only see her briefly at the beach day. Uh-huh. She talks about how she wanted to be an actress. She also talks about having work done. Uh-huh. And when we see her double, her double has serious scarring on her face. Because she's had to do like the same plastic surgery. Exactly. But uh, also yeah. there's a lot of really insane face acting sequences when she's acting responses to things. Like when she sees Tex dying in the boat, Mm. she acts horrified and then she does this twisted laugh because she was only acting. And I think that, so I think Dahlia Kitty's tethered is also an actress. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, they don't have, man, so that's interesting because like when I watch that scene now too, I feel like there's a connection that she has with, with her I think she actually likes Tex, but I don't know. So that's the thing. I don't know. Because <laughs> if they're anything like the real Tex and Kitty. They don't like each other. They don't seem to like each other, right? And they would probably be similar as Tethered's. And so her response might be horror because that's what her Tethered would do. But she no longer has that pull to mm. an emotion that she doesn't give a fuck about. So she can laugh because she doesn't care. But it's it a, could also be acting. <laughs> it could also be acting. It's complicated psychology, I guess. And yeah, like, I guess that's like a big strength, but also like something that holds me back a little bit in terms of like not knowing how much everything's explained. I don't love having everything spoon fed to me, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as like fully baked as. Yeah, like it's great to theorize, but I do want something to be true. I want something to nail on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to just like pull theories from the VHS tapes that are beside the TV at the very beginning. Oh man, do you remember when people were doing that when it came out? What do Chud and the Goonies have to (laughs) do? Chud means. (laughs) Like maybe Jordan Peele just liked Chud when he was a kid. Well, I mean, Chud is about. uh, Shut up, John. Cannibalistic humanoid (laughs) underground dwellers, which the uh, tethered are they're not cannibalistic but they are underground dwellers okay yeah that's right good work that's right we're here we did it uh, <laughs> and the hands across america thing is integral to the tethered's plot it's great because it's the last p- bit of like actual genuine pop culture that red has before she's uh cast down into the tethered lair like she's she's essentially like being cut from the world at a time where uh, Michael Jackson is king and we're about to do the Hands Across America thing. You know, it's it's taken over the world. And she has used that and held on to it for so long that that's essentially the plan they're doing when they come up into the up into the real world. They go up, they kill their tethered, and then they join hands across America. Like, who's around the Christmas tree? It's pretty rad. It's really yeah. Visually, I think it's great. I don't think it means anything other than that. Like visually, it looks really fucking cool. It looks awesome. (laughs) It's also just like such a twisted alternate mirror world version of like the nicest thing that America tried to do in 1986. Well, and also just like how people without pop culture would respond to pop culture, like doing it literally for like 40 years later. Uh It's it's just a cool twisted America thing. What do what do you think? the legal precedent is on something like this. Do they get tried for murder? I think maybe the lawyers are dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for everybody who's alive, like, do do you get, like, ugh, what do you do with this? It Doppelgangers depends. are real. They killed their human counterparts, but they are technically their human counterparts, so, so a, maybe no crime? So the humans are, <laughs> I don't want to say humans, because everybody's humans. Uh, the upper... What are we going to call the untethered? Or, like, the, the non... The people upstairs. The people upstairs have the underhand because the tethered are planned yeah. and they are assaulting quick and silently because they don't speak. And the people so under the stairs. I'm assuming <laughs> there's not a lot of humans left at the end of the movie. So, oh, you think so? So I think it's kind of a reverse thing. I think humanity is going to go underground. Love it. Not necessarily literally underground, but they're going to be hidden and less, it's going to be less of a structured society for them. So I think the now untethered are going to be the dominating society above. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. It, like how humanity is in a zombie apocalypse movie. Like, okay. This is a quiet place for humans now. Okay. All right. Do you think the tethered level out? Like, do you think they cool off and they're just like, man, I just, I just want to be an accountant. Like- I think they're just going to live their best life. They all have like boats and stuff now. 
I mean, we're looking at just Santa Cruz, but like, good for them. They're <laughs> just going to hang out and do whatever they want. And Maybe find people they actually like to hang out with now that they don't have to hang out with whoever the person above chose for them. Yeah. And, you know, based on Red and Adelaide, I think she'll learn how to talk. I think she'll learn how to, like, the. I think they'll learn how to talk. I think they'll learn how to be human beings. I think they'll integrate and create their own society. Yeah, because if, if the switch up proves anything, it's that the untethered are very much human because Adelaide is a very empathetic character with emotions mm-hmm. and she's a loving mother uh-huh. and she she's very protective. She cares about her kids and uh, she can speak fluently. The, the cool thing about this movie is that it's a, like the, the violence and like who the villain is, is truly a matter of perspective because the entire movie you are with Adelaide and you are like, we gotta stop these fucking monsters, right? And that doesn't actually change once you learn that she is the tethered. Yeah. You know? The, so, because she did the exact same thing they're all doing. She just did it for one person. Like, she, as a child, did, I guess just saw the opportunity, maybe just like, you, you get the impression that she's looking around as a kid it's, in the underground, yeah. not enjoying what she's seeing. Yeah. And she swaps places when she has the opportunity. She doesn't look back. She has no regrets about like, it. Like, you could argue that she was already the chosen one or the smart one before the switch. Yeah, which is what makes... Red and Adelaide so perfect for it because like they both basically do the exact same thing um but suddenly like once uh <laughs> once they're all doing it it's a wave of evil but I think that's what makes it a horror movie John yeah I know <laughs> I know but like for the tethered like they didn't want to fucking be there their lives look truly awful like they fucking hate it and are the red jumpsuits because it's a Michael Jackson reference are the red jumpsuits in reference to uh, the Make America Great Again? Pe- you know? I don't think they made those jumpsuits. I think those are the ones that were from when they were lab experiments. Oh, I, oh, I didn't think about the lab experiment stuff. But when we see them, like I don't, I don't know how to under- how to explain the scissors. The scissors are just fantasy. <laughs> the scissors are just great for the message. We're <laughs> untethering, <laughs> you know, like like uh, cutting like, an umbilical cord or cutting the paper people together like, out that are sort of like holding hands, right? But also they're just fantasy like i don't understand how logically you you work the scissors into the story no but. and like that's that's the other thing i got i think it's just in terms of the movie having like some not half-baked stuff but just like not as fully realized things i think it's just like it's a great image it's a fun bit but it's not yeah it's not everything and like it, there's it seems like the movie's trying to hang a lot on itself but I don't think it all fully fits. And it's it's one of those things where like, hey, if it uh, if, if that's what you read out of it, then cool. There is in the, the beginning, I'd say the first quarter of the film, another kind of element that sort of bothers me because it, it does kind of go unexplained. It's all of those coincidences, like uh, oh, the yeah. Frisbee landing perfectly in the on the spot on the towel yes. and the 11-11 on the clock and like those random things where time lines up. Yeah, and even Elizabeth Moss's character is saying like, I've been noticing so many weird coincidences over the last couple days yeah what does that mean (laughs) who knows they're all bad miracles you know what i mean but how does that relate to like a group deciding to uprise like there's nothing mad like if you take this movie at face value there's nothing magical here because they're explaining the existence of these tethered people by science yeah that's what there's just like a couple holes there that where i just don't think things fit and I think that's what's always stopped answer me, me. John. <laughs> that's that's what's always stopped me from truly loving this movie. Like mm. especially when I see people people tell me that they like this more than Get Out, and I'm just like, I don't see it. Like I think they're both very. I, I think Us is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a true masterpiece. I think it's I think it's very good and has very good scenes, but I think overall it's not fully cooked. Uh, I just think it needed, it maybe needed a little more work figuring out the lore and how some of the things work. Okay, so what's your crazy theory that you just read or learned or came up with? So, thank you. (laughs) Well, I don't know what it is. (laughs) I had some questions about some plot beats in the movie, so I was just going to Wikipedia. Just reading the plot synopsis to re-familiarize myself with with the conversation that she's having with Red at the end talking about the government experiment stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
This is what I came across. This is the final paragraph. This is in the plot synopsis? This is in the plot synopsis in Wikipedia, which is uh, peer-reviewed, user-uploaded, publicly available to be edited, dissected, and just changed at any minute, which means we Somebody's gotta... editorializing in the plot synopsis. Well, Alert! <laughs> well, it's, it's not just like a weird cult movie from the 60s that nobody's ever heard of. This is Jordan Peele's Us from 2019. I guarantee... A, Hundreds of people are looking at this plot synopsis every week, and so if if there was something wrong with it that everybody disagreed with, they'd be updating it right now. And this is what we got. Well, you could update it after this if we determine. I us. could. I might just I might <laughs> just erase the sentence right here live on the podcast because I just I don't think I agree with it. Okay, so as we're talking about Red and Adelaide, uh, yeah, she rescues her son from the downstairs. She kills her tether, and she gets up top with her family to fly off and, or to drive off into the sunset, into safety. As she drives the family away in an ambulance, Adelaide uh, reflects back on the night she first met Red and discovers that she herself is the tethered clone and that Red was the original Adelaide. The clone had choked Adelaide unconscious, damaging her larynx, resulting in her harsh voice. Uh, Red was the original Adelaide. The clone had choked uh, Adelaide unconscious, dragged and trapped her underground, and returned to the surface to usurp Adelaide's life. Jason looks at his mother suspiciously, who simply smiles in a manner similar to Red's, implying that her consciousness has taken over. What? Yeah, right? <laughs> meanwhile, the meanwhile, the tethered from the human chain, stretching from Santa Cruz to nearby cities as helicopters fly overhead. Is that are they trying to say that because she killed her tethered? That their two consciousnesses have melded, or that the original Adelaide, like I think it's Red, just, oh. is now taken over. I think taken over is just a bad choice of words. I think she's now just fully cognizant of of who she is and and what transpired. But it says implying that her consciousness has taken I'm, over. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I think it's bad wording because it's <laughs> it's fucking peer written. Now I rewatched that scene and I can't see any difference in the way that she smiles because like she's just smiling creepily. And, but so and this is a scene that I have talked about with plenty of people when we discuss this movie about the way that her son looks at her and her son doesn't trust her because there are scenes in the movie where he. He sees her defending him and the family, and she gets a little feral. Like when she attacks the uh, one of the daughters, she has some tethered like breathing moments. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> but then she like snaps into focus. Like, oh shit, I didn't realize you saw me do that, and I didn't even realize I was doing that. And there are there are plenty of scenes in this movie where she's doing something different than the family. Like she's only eating strawberries while they're eating fast food burgers, and like whatever, maybe that's just that's who just she a is. preference. That's just who she is. But there are, there's like stuff that makes her like a little different from everybody else either the end of the movie it's the son knows who his mom really is and it has to just make peace with that or because both of their tethers have died their consciousnesses have melded i don't even know i don't think that's happening i it, it really opens this now i feel like i, think I gotta she's watch this smiling movie again. more at the audience than she is at her son in that moment okay. as in like a haha guess who the evil is and i know that i'm the evil and then finn curtains and then finn then curtains don't think too much into it. You can change taken over because I think that's a poor choice of wording. Yeah. It's the problem. This with... isn't a brain snatchy movie. This is a body snatchy. Well, this is a life snatchy movie. It's a total It's not life even. It's movie. just a duplicates battling it out. Duplicates movie. attack. Ugh. This is the problem when there are unanswered questions and holes that you start to try and fill them in yourself and you wind up with wild theories that just don't quite make sense. There but, like, are a lot of something. theories with this movie. One thing I've noticed is that and and I don't think these are necessarily wild, but people are really looking for references in the movie because I think there are references. I've seen um, side by side images of say like the the twins murder yeah. with the twins from The Shining and how their bodies are laid out in oh, the hallway, absolutely. Yeah. and they're exactly the same. And yeah. like that's just like a Jordan Peele homage. Like yeah. I love The Shining. Yeah. I'm doing this, and and there's definitely. Other homages, I haven't looked them all up because you told me not to look up theories. Uh, <laughs> but you were saying that there's there's some stretches where people are like, oh, it's just like Jaws. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like no, the I kid's wearing that. a Jaws shirt and That's there's enough, a boat. Yeah. They're on a beach. <laughs> like, oh, scared on the beach. I guess like maybe Abraham getting tied up in the, the life preserver is like the barrels in the shark. But I, I don't, have no idea about that. I don't think it's that. I don't I, know. If that's, that's the real question. Is like, is it is it about uh, 
the political divide and like there are people who have completely different beliefs than you but they look just like you and they're so hard to tell apart or they 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 look just like us they're hiding in plain sight i don't understand like is it about class structure is it about uh like privilege versus non-privilege like there's so much you can hang on it the moment you try and say that there's like somebody like a hidden group of people that you don't know about and there are haves and have nots like you can make you could say that the movie's about practically anything especially in a modern society and unfortunately it also came out at a time when red was just a very important color and the movie's called us it could just as easily be called us you know, instead of us. What is U.S.? <laughs> the United States of America. Oh. The U.S. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it was just, it just, it came out at a weird time where you could hang almost anything on it. And unfortunately, things haven't really changed all that much. Like, you could still. I don't do exactly think it's the making. It, it, there's commentaries being made, though, in terms of what's right and what's wrong and who's bad and who's good, which is why I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, like a deeper commentary. Okay. Are the tethered bad? Are the people above bad? Is Adelaide bad? Is Red bad? And it all depends. It, it all depends on who you side with and who you're with and and who you are at that. Maybe moment. that itself is the commentary, right? Well, that's that, that. There you go. That's a have have not conversation, right? Like, but it, like it's all a case of perspective. Yes. But like rabbits is food. We should all agree <laughs> it's not enough. No, not a but not a well balanced meal. And if at all. I had to eat straw or if I had to eat bunnies, you know, like every day until I was eight years old and escaped, I would be eating nothing but strawberries. Also, I guess that's true. <laughs> like I went so long without eating fruit. Like, ew, you guys are eating eating meat again. Like ugh. disgusting. So, how do you rate? Uh, how do you rate us? Uh, I'm gonna give us a three out of four. I'm also giving it a three out of four. Yeah, I think it's really enjoyable. I think it's got a perfect balance of humor and horror. Oh God, some great um, laughs in this movie. Yeah, and it and it really oscillates well between the two, which I think is is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're either too funny or too scary, or whatever. When you're trying to do both. Yep. The music is banging. <laughs> the the bad guys have the best outfits. They got they scissors. Look so I don't cool. know why. They're all wearing Birkenstocks. Um <laughs> Yeah, like they all have nice sandals. And it's weird how clean it is down there. Don't you think there would be like I would a expect lot it of to be feces? Really, yeah, and just I was like just anti- vegetables. I was just anticipating a lot of feces and we were gonna go down there and it's pristine. So like I guess they're cleaning up about as much as the people above are cleaning up. Or somebody else is coming down. Because to do it's it. like a mirrored thing, so whenever people are cleaning their houses, the yeah, but you think they would do a shit the- job. They'd be like instead yeah. of sweeping, they'd just like smearing dirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's clean down there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a funky movie, man. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of Jordan Peele's Us. Hit us up in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Let us know where this ranks in your Jordan Peele ranking of his three movies. Yeah, let us know what you thought about Us. If you have any weird, wild theories. Like, what's the craziest thing you've heard people tell you about this movie? I want to know all about them. If you want even more Nightmare on Film Street content, consider supporting us on Patreon by joining the Fiend Club. You'll get access to additional episodes and limited series, as well as our monthly watch parties slash game nights at patreon.com slash nightmare on film street or nofspodcast.com slash fiend club. We'll be back again next week with a new episode, but until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time. Stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.